Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today we welcome a good friend of Wolfie D's. Welcome to the show, Jason Fisher. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I love Jason, man. Jason, I've been a mark for Jason Fisher ever since I was probably, I don't know, 14 or 15 years old. And uh, (laughs) lived. He lived across the way there. And Jason, I know you probably remember this. You lived on the the one apartments there. And then, you know, we had those surrounding apartments. And then Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but in the middle from the kids that were coming from my side of the fence, you had to cross over. And there was this rumor of the uh, farmer guy that would shoot at you or something like that. Yeah, and that... In the big white house with that big field. So I had to I had to jump across all that stuff and and run over to come to your house because I was such a big mark for you, man. You're two years older than me. Uh, you graduated. I was a '92. You were a a '90, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and 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 I just remember I was just a big mark for you because you were the fucking Overton High School stud, man. Awesome ass running back. You had that. You had the good-looking girlfriend. You had the flat top. You had all that, man. <laughs> yeah. What was that girl's name? Stephanie. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, man. It was so funny, but me and you bonded just because of wrestling, and that's what's so cool, man. Is that you went on to be a collegiate running back at Nebraska. You were stud at our school, and you went on to Nebraska to be a stud. And then, you know, me and you have talked before this, and, uh, you know, you think it's cool that what I did with wrestling and stuff like that. So it's like you did what I wish I could do, and I did what you wish you could have did. And and it's just so cool, man. It's just very cool to me, man. I remember you picking me up uh, in your apartment. You know, and me picking you up, and we'd try to press slam each other and shit. And it, shit, <laughs> you were, shit, Jason, you were, you know, what are you, 6'1"? Six 6'2". Six yeah, 6'1". Uh, and back then, I was like 190, 180, something like that. And you were still, you were uh, a buffed ass, like, what, 220 two, probably? About 220, 225. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and me and you would try to help each other and pick each other up because we'd watch the road warriors and stuff like that. <laughs> it was so awesome, man. It was so awesome. And, and and I'm just telling you right now, man, I respected you and I looked up to you and I just, you were a person in my life that I will never forget, man. I will never forget you, man. Well, I really appreciate that. And it's funny you talk about that. Is Yeah, that the, the White House, there was a White House and they had two, uh, like, double pinchers. Right. And I had heard the story, too. <laughs> right. I had cut through for, like, a couple of years, and I never saw the dogs. I never saw anyone. We would just streak through. Right. And then one day, I just was casually going, and all of a sudden, I just heard some... <laughs> I turned around, and there's two big dogs were hot-tailing it. 
<laughs> and I still have the mark um, on my butt where I got caught in the uh, no. wire. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I never told anybody about it. I just always, so someone asked me, hey, is it true that you can get hurt there? Yes, but I didn't want to, you know, back then I was had this cool little image and I didn't want everybody to say, man, that dude's got a big mark on his butt. But, um, <laughs> It's, we were we were all scared of. It, I mean, it's kind of like the uh, the farmer. It, it's like a a horror story that they would write or something. You know, don't go through the farmer's yard. You know, that's what I remember. And I just remember because from my apartments over to your apartments, there was that house. It was it's so wickedly weird. There was that house in between everything, and there was this big space. Mm-hmm. You had to get across there, and everybody said, "Man, if you go through there, the farmer's gonna get you." <laughs> and so, yeah. who knows what the real story? It, it, do you ever think about that? What's the real story? You think? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's a good question because you know the way it's set up. You know, it's like, okay, did the farmer own all this land and just decide to, you know, get rid of some of it so they can build apartments around them? You know, I'm right. really not sure. Because I mean, it was a, it's huge. It's a lot of acres. It is a humongous house. Yeah. Um, that would probably be, I don't know, $5 million today. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't, is it still there, you think? And I don't know, man. I ain't been around there in so long. But if you honestly, his house was in the middle. And then all the apartments, I mean, because you had like what? Three or four different like three of them. Mm-hmm. apartments that were around it. It just mm-hmm. surrounded it surrounded it, and then he had that house in the middle, and so everybody was scared to go through there. Man, <laughs> it's funny, man. It's like, and where's the driveway? I never saw a driveway. You know, I'm like, man, I have no idea how these people. Absolutely, no. Yeah, how did you get there? No, you, that is so funny, Jason. You were so fucking funny on that. How did you get there? I don't even know how you got there. Either. That is Mm-mm. hilarious. But yeah, it was like Cedar Hill, and then. I don't even remember the other names, but it was Bavaria, Cedar uh, Lake, Hickory, yeah, Bavaria, Hickory Lake, and Cedar yeah. Hill were the three. Hickory Lake, Hickory three. Lake, yeah, only place I ever went fishing in my life. <laughs> I know you didn't eat. If you caught something, I know you didn't eat it, did you? Uh, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, oh, me and uh, I can't remember the dude's name, man. Kenny, mm. I think that me and Kenny and his daddy skins some fish out of there. <laughs> oh my goodness! I oh. thought the Loch Ness monster was in there. <laughs> That's so funny. That's I mean, it, it, it literally is the darkest brown slash green water. It's like you know, if your toilet was full of you know your oh, uh, yeah. human excrements, and <laughs> right. it was it was clogged up. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh, That's man. basically what the lake looked like, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but we were little kids, man. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. it was a good old days. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Jason Fisher, man. What I know and what I remember about you 
you know, we all went to Overton High School, and mm-hmm. you were the fucking stud, man. You were the fucking running back stud with the flat top. I remember looking at you being like, damn, this dude's fucking huge, and, and you were big as fuck. God, I don't know your stats on high mm-hmm. school, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they were good. Talk about they that. Were, well, yeah, so they uh, they were good. You know, um, at that particular time, I appreciate you saying I was I mean I was a stud there. You know, it was me and I. I would say Derek Bottoms was my alter ego. Derek Bottoms, yeah, because yeah. Derek Bottoms was at the same height. He played. He was a baseball stud. He played football, and actually, he right. was the reason why I came to Overton to play baseball with him and some other guys. Because we were little kids, we had won the uh, DC Youth World Series, which is like the Little League World yeah. Series, but we can steal. You know, the Little League World Series, right. all they do is hit. But we could still right. lead off things like that. But we won that Johnny Bench was the MC of that. I got to take a picture with him, meet him. It is true he can put eight baseballs in one hand. We he did it for us. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Lufkin, Texas. It was a heat wave. It was like hundred and twenty degrees like every day. And yeah. I remember a guy on our team named Davy Talley, his dad went Davey and bought Hustler, Remember Davy? Right. Yeah. Well his dad went and bought took me and some other guys shopping for like two weeks worth of clothes because we were not expecting a heat wave. I didn't go down there with my mom. So uh, that's how I actually got to Overton. And so as far as football goes, I would describe myself as, I wouldn't say the greatest running back, but of course in in, in high school, if you're the biggest, fastest, strongest, you're probably going to do okay. Yeah, you, know? you were. Yeah. So I can say, you know, at my, especially at my height and my weight at 220, two pe- and I ran track, only two people in the state of Tennessee from the time I was in eighth grade through my 12th grade year ever beat me in a foot race. Yeah. Only two. 40? Uh, the 40. No, 40, they, they couldn't beat me in the 40. 40, handheld, I was a 4-3-3 handheld. Dang, that's the, wow. That's before they started doing the electric times and things like that. Right. But I would say that if I was really dedicated like I should have been, you know, I think sometimes when we look at what we could or should have done, I think oh. if I would have had my father in my life at that time, just that extra drive, the extra push um, to where, you know, I was okay. I was good, but I wasn't focused. You know, when I got older and got to college, I realized there's a difference between being tackled and you falling down, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you, a lot of running backs now, they're going to run and move them legs until they hit the ground. you got to tackle them. They're not going to just go down because they right. got hit. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I, I would say I was good at that. Um, definitely uh, baseball. Uh, I wasn't a great hitter, but I had a great arm, and I loved it. And then track, you know, it was just biggest, fastest, strongest. You know, if yeah. come Man. come catch me, yeah, beat me if you can. You're an athlete, and I, I, I honestly, I mean, I think me and you have talked about this before. I totally uh, like looked up to you at those times as a kid and stuff. With you being, you know, two grades you know, higher than me and stuff. And just, mm-hmm. you, were, you were Jason Fisher. You were Jason Fisher at Overton, the stud running back, and I totally looked up to you. Even though, yeah, I, I didn't play football, but I, I was on the wrestling team, and mm-hmm. I, I looked up to you, man. I really did. And then we became, you know, somewhat of friends. You remember me coming knocking on your door every now and then? and Yeah, yeah. He'd come on yeah. a Sunday and look yeah. up and shoot the shit and my Mom said, come in, we hang. And we could both do it. That was the cool thing is that I could press slam you and you could press slam me because we learned how to do it. And, right. uh, 
we watched wrestling enough to know, all right, this is what we got to do to help each other. So that that was awesome, man. And and, and uh, like I said, I always looked up to you, man. Um, so as far as like after Overton, mm-hmm. how did you get to Nebraska and how did that go? Okay, so the real story, because you know, as we get older, we uh, we change the truth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we 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 believe what we say. We don't believe what actually happened. Yeah. Uh, but I actually um, I had got recruited for like some SEC schools, things like that, and um, some guys at other schools that I know were going to go to Western Kentucky. Yeah. And so among my recruiting trips that I went on, I noticed that the guys at Western Kentucky there was a lot of talent there compared to when I went to Kentucky recruiting trip. I went to Alabama, uh, but I thought, hey, for the skilled players, these dudes were good and. Then my friend Thama, they were gonna get let him play football too, and he could right. be my be my roommate, sort of like ex, expense free. So I could have my best friend. A couple of my other friends were going there, so I thought, okay, this coach was at Michigan before uh, Jack Harbaugh, who's Jim Harbaugh, right, uh, is the head coach at Michigan, and then the other brother is the head coach at Baltimore Ravens, right. So went up there and uh, got hurt. Uh, my shoulder, you know, I had shoulder problems, and then really. It gave me a chance to really reevaluate, okay, when my college career is over, is Western Kentucky, will I regret being at Western? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, why, didn't, why didn't I go to a bigger school? Because what I noticed is all the guys, even though we're playing college football, right. everybody's wearing teams up like SEC school, the gear. And I'm like, man, why am I right. playing college at Western, but yet people are wearing Michigan stuff? I might as well go to Michigan. Right. So I um, so after that, um, I asked for my release from my scholarship so I could transfer and I could go anywhere that, that we didn't play is what the stipulations were. Right. And so I had always liked Nebraska, watching them on Thanksgiving, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Right. And I n- never got a letter or anything from them. I just said, you know what? I got a good highlight tape. Started yeah. for a lot of years. So, you know, you can make a tape to make yourself look really, really good, you know, if you started for four years. Yeah. So I sent yeah. my highlight tape, man. I sent it up there. Uh, next thing you know, I got a phone call from a guy, and they sent me uh, they sent Airborne Express to my house yeah. saying, hey, we'd like you to come here. And I, next thing you know, I was off to Nebraska, and when I got there, there it was. And then I was, that's what I was looking for. You know, I'm in the big-time football. And actually, yeah. in the years that I was at Nebraska – out of 150 years or whatever that school has been in existence, mm-hmm. those four years I was there was the best they've ever been in football. We won three, four yeah. national titles. Yeah. But, yeah, but I was only on um, one of the championship teams. So I got that, to experience that, that. That's a fucking awesome, man. And that's yes, – I mean, that, you've talked about this before, and I'm like, Jason, you fucking, you know, were <laughs> running back for Nebraska, blah, 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 and then you're like, Hey, but you wrestled the Road Warriors. <laughs> hey, yeah. When I saw that, man, I, I saw you on TV. I said, oh, my God, this dude is wrestling the Road Warriors. He's walking out there with a nation nomination, you and your little sidekick, um, the guy that curses all the time. What's the yeah. guy's name? <laughs> Jamie Dundee. Dundee. curses all the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy. And I said, man, they are out there with the Road Warriors. And just, yeah. you know, it was one of, I, guess, I think it's sort of the same thing where, a lot of athletes want to be rock stars, and a lot of rock stars want to be athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So I started watching wrestling before I started playing football. Yeah. So I started, you know, loving wrestling. Um, and I'm a mark. I still love it. I, I've gotten to meet um, a lot of the who's who, pretty much. I've worked yeah. out with The Undertaker. 
Uh, yeah. me, and, me and my buddy Tondrick. You know, remember Tondrick? Uh, oh, buddy. yeah, Tondrick, yeah. Yeah, we worked out. He showed us how to do some curls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I met Hulk Hogan. Give him, you know, how, you know, guys give each other the, the handshake and the little hug. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've met uh, Bret Hart and Buff Bagwell. And so <laughs> I got two stories, if you want me to tell them. I, would, I want to hear them. I want to hear them. Okay. So the first one, I was living in, in Kansas City. And... Uh, Bret Hart, uh, you remember now, this Hart? Is, you were, this is, you were, uh, I, I was out of college. Yeah, I was out of college. Uh, okay. so I graduated University of Nebraska. I moved to Kansas City. It's like three hours away. So it's like the next big city. I had a real hot girlfriend who was a model. Um, <laughs> you always worked, have hot girlfriends, Jason. Well, you know, here's the thing. She's now, her net worth is $5 million. So, man, what was Jesus. I thinking? Yeah. How'd you, how'd you fuck that up? Come on, man. You know, <laughs> honestly, okay. All right. We're, we're honest. Honestly. So I didn't achieve everything I thought I would achieve being on the football team as a as a player. Right. So I thought, well, off the field, I'm gonna be the MVP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so that's how my poor poor girl, but she, yeah. she won. Yeah. Hey, she won in the end. Anyway, um, so I'm living I'm living in Kansas City. I'm working for a Union Pacific Railroad. I'm a con- I was a conductor, and of course, wrestling came. Owen Hart he had fell on the WWE event. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So WCW had came and Bret Hart and Chris Benoit had a um, Owen Hart Memorial match. Yeah. Okay. So at that time, one of my buddies, my bodybuilder buddies at the time when I was bodybuilding, he was working security. So I met Hulk Hogan that night at the arena. So we leave and then my buddy says, hey, all the wrestlers are staying at the Marriott um, right downtown in Kansas City. So of course it was myself and uh, a girlfriend of mine and her guy friend. So when we got there, a lot of wrestlers are in the lobby, you know? Yeah. But it was like, you know, uh, Hoover 2, Guerrero, and those kind of guys. And right. so, you know, at that time, I'm 6'2", about 250 pounds. So I wasn't even really excited about really them, those guys, those little guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. Of course, I love Bret Hart. So next thing you know, I see Bret Hart carrying a drink coming out to the bar they had in the lobby. Yeah. So I walk up to Bret Hart, and I just marked out. You know, yeah. um, hey, Bret, man, I love you, man. Like, you're the stud. And I'm like, touching him. He's like, he said he's sore. And I'm just saying how great he is and how, how I've always, you know, loved the way he's real technical. He does his moves and, yeah. and all this stuff. So as I'm talking to him, Chris Benoit walks up. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Yeah. So when he walks up, me, I was marking out. So I was like, hey, man, what a great match, dude. Hey, Brett, I know you're getting older, man. But this dude right here is sort of like you, you know. Uh, and I'm just doing that. And I'm touching Chris Benoit. And so I'm looking at Brett and Brett Hart's turning red. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. So I, I said, hey man, I don't mean to offend you. So when I turned around to Chris, he was shaking his head, not at me, but behind me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, uh oh, who's behind? Who, uh, what's going on? So when I turned around, Chris Benoit, I touched him, and I was like, hey man, you know, don't take offense to what I'm saying. So he's like, oh, you're a real fucking tough guy, huh? You're a real wrestling expert, huh? And I was like, hey man, you know, calm down. I didn't mean to offend you. So he walked up like right on me. So I just pushed him, like, hey, man, I'm, I don't know what y'all do, but y'all friends and y'all got matches. This is unreal, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not scared of you. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. So, I love it. I so, love it. So this is going on. So all of a sudden, somebody says, hey, stop all that tough guy shit, man. Leave that shit alone. So I'm like, who the fuck is that? I turned around, and it's Goldberg and the Giant with a big show, whatever he is now. Yeah, and yeah. And they were standing right there checking in. Yeah. So I, I totally got out of that when I was talking to Goldberg. So we're talking about working out. 
and doing shoulder workouts and shit like that. That's and fucking he, awesome. And he was like, hey, man, uh, I hope you have a good time. But if I was you, I'm going upstairs. If I was you, I'd get the hell out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> He's got to take care of the boys. I understand. I yeah, understand so that. But you know, what, you know what's so awesome about that to me is just because I know you – and, <laughs> and I mean, it, it, it just being one of the boys and them being the boys and you being you, I just, that's great. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So there's the one. So the other one is a little faster. So All I was right. limited. You got to talk fast. We got plenty of okay. time, man. We okay. got plenty so, of time. So fast forward, I'm living, to Atlanta, living in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm dating a stripper. Okay? All right. I know, man. Hey, it happens. Better, hey, better be in love with him while you're young more than, than one. while you're old. Okay, okay. You get it then. So yeah. that's when Monday Night Nitro was really big and the NWO and all that stuff was going on. Yeah. So I'm sitting at this table just by myself. She's in there doing her thing. It's some reason she always wanted me to be there for whatever reason to watch her dance and look at them with puppy eyes like she looks at me like whatever. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so next thing you know, man, Kevin Nash. Uh, Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner, all three walk in together. And right. I'm sitting right there and I'm looking at them. You know, I'm a wrestling fan, you know what I'm saying? So right, right. I, was, I, I wanted to mark out, but at that time, you know, I had some size on me. I'm bitching 500 on a pause <laughs> rep. That means, you know, taking 500, holding it down, counting to three and pushing it up. No big yeah. shirt, nothing like that. So I was big too. Yeah. So I'm just watching them and shit. And Buff Bagwell was just real animated. The other two just... You know, just sitting there like they're the shit. So yeah. finally, Buff Badwell just looks over at me and said, hey, brother, come over here, man. What's up? You want to do a shot? I was like, yeah. So I come over there. They have three small tables. All three of them have their own small tables. But I'm sitting in front of Buff. Right. So we're just talking about working out and wrestling and shit. So Big Papa Pump keeps flexing his arm, like shaking it and, <laughs> and flexing his arm. And I just kept looking. And I said, hey, man, no offense. You got the biggest motherfucking arm I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and when I said that, all of a sudden, I'm best friends with them now. Yeah. yeah now now yeah. we're doing shots, talking shit. Buff right. Blackwell jumps on stage, swings around a pole. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so at the end, man, hey, we work out at this, this gym. I can't remember what it was then. Come over here, hang out, man. We get a free membership for you. We'll party. I never followed up because, you know, I could be around these guys. Somebody says something the wrong way. Right. And I'm right. now I'm in. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. But I mean, those are my two as far as that's fucking uh, funny. Hey, didn't we? Didn't you and I go to wrestling? Uh, wasn't it um, when Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat wrestled in Nashville? Didn't we go there? Oh, it's quite possible, man. Man, my brain is so shot. I've been hitting the head too many times, Jason. Man, I I don't remember a lot. It's very possible that we did, man. Uh, You talking about arcade in Nashville? Yes, you got us in there because we got backstage. Yeah, I think uh, because of Pete, Pete was there. there. Got us in there. Yes, he got us in there. Yeah, and that's when uh, Rick Flair had uh, Terry Funk had power drive them through the table. Yeah, yeah. And when he came Good out, break. yeah, he came out. Yeah, yeah. And when he came out, we was in a parking lot, and Rick Flair came out, and I remember opening the door for him, helping. He had a little neck brace on. I don't know if it was real <laughs> or not, but and he got in there, yeah. and I met uh, and I met Rick Steiner that night. Yeah, that day. And Rick Steiner had the widest shoulders I've ever seen in my life. Man, I took a clothesline from I, I, I took the Steiner line from both of them. What? And that is a uh, I took it. I took the. I mean, obviously, you know the the Road Warriors, the Doomsday Device. I've, yeah, I've I saw you that. Do that. Them probably 
fuck ten times. Uh, oh. And the Steiner line from the Steiners, I just know I'm savvy enough to know how to get in, and I'll 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 kind of give a little insider little thing here. It, when this like is good. This is good, Jason. <laughs> when somebody has a stiff ass clothesline, if you will crowd them a little bit into their shoulder and put your shoulder into their shoulder and let their outside arm be way out there, you're good. But it's when you veer off, let's say it's a, it's a right arm. Okay. And mm-hmm. most of them are, if it's a right arm, I'm going to crowd you on your right shoulder because think about it. It's physics. If you're swinging that thing that hard, I'm going to crowd you a little bit so that that arm does not get all that momentum out on the forearm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you crowd it a little bit to take off a little bit of that bullshit. Because <laughs> like the Stan Hansen man, Stan Hansen through that thing where he would just, boom, and, and I was always like, man, crowd him a little bit. You don't have to take that velocity because the velocity is coming from the very point is coming from the fist down mm-hmm. to the forearm, down to the elbow, and then down to the shoulder. So crowd them a little bit so that you don't get the velocity. Still looks good, but if you scoot in to that shoulder, you're not going to have to take that whole velocity. So basically, yeah. it's up to you to lighten that blow. They're throwing it. It's up to you to position yeah, yourself. Yeah, they can throw it as hard as they want at me. I mean, I've had. I mean, Perry Saturn was one that threw the one of the hardest clotheslines I've ever taken. Uh, and like I said, I've taken I've taken the Steiner line too, uh, and I've taken Hawk and Animal. If you just crowd them just a little bit. It's all going to hurt. It'll still look good, but you don't have to fucking get your head cut off. (laughs) That blew my mind when he said that. Okay, so, and I mean, people are going to hear this, and I hope these guys don't get mad at you saying this, okay? No. All right, Hog Animal, Rick Steiner, and Big Papa Pump are all locked in the room, and somebody has to make it out. Who's going to make it out? Mm. Like if everybody's all sober. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I don't know. Is he better yeah, sober or is he one, better altered? Tough one, man, because those are all the tough guys, man. Uh, the Road Warriors were bouncers before they ever became wrestlers. It depends on what we're... Man, that's a, that's a tough one, man. Steiners were wrestlers, know. you know? That'd be a messy scene, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, okay. I noticed, so you think... Because when I watch all this stuff, and you know, of course, with YouTube and things like that, yeah, they always say that Rick was actually tougher than Scott. Yeah, and I've heard that too. Could be possible. I mean, wrestling wise, but see, okay, so it, just like in UFC, you know, usually in my opinion, and I'm I'm not a UFC mark. I'm not. I, I don't watch it that much. Strikers are good or whatever, but I always used to like. Remember uh, what was the guy, the black guy that had the eyes on his back, uh, Randleman? Yeah, he was a the black guy with yeah. the blonde hair. Yeah, the wrestlers yeah. always won because they take you down. And once you go down, even in a street fight, man, you know, in a street fight, if somebody fucking hits you, boom, uh, you know, whoever strikes first, boom, it's over usually. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the ground, the person that knows how to go to the ground usually wins. And in my opinion, and like I said, I'm not a big UFC mark, but the wrestlers usually win because they'll take them to the ground and they'll just fucking do shit to them. And if you know how to do holds and all that kind of stuff. So it all depends to me on who strikes first, like in a fight. If you had all those four guys in a room, 
it depends on who punches who first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Jason, you've been in them situations. I know that. I, it, it, I mean, it's just whoever punches the other guy first, I think. I've never been one to, like, talk shit and then let somebody go at me first. If I think it's going down, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do whatever. And, and hey, real street fights. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do shit. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm saying Hawk wins it, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to say Hawk, because I'm Hawk. Hawk is so cool to me, man. I, really? He's my boy, man. I love that guy, man. I really do. Okay, can I tell y'all a Hawk story? Tell me. Please. Tell me. We want Hawk stories. All right, so when I was in Nebraska, we played Kansas State in Tokyo, Japan, right? All right. So oh, wow. both teams, yeah, both teams took the same plane. They gave you one of these little double-decker planes that had, like, video games, pool tables, things like that. So both of them and us were both on the same plane. So we got there, you know, you party, whatever. They had a big casino that was attached to a hotel. I can't think of the name of it, right? So there was a guy named Barrett Brooks. He played in the NFL. He was a offensive lineman. I think he played for the Eagles for a while. It was him, a guy named David White, who played for the Buffalo Bills, and another guy named Ed Stewart. But Ed didn't play, but I think Ed now is the um, – Head of compliance at University of Missouri, I think. Okay. All right. That in compliance is basically like you know keeping guys eligible, making sure that uh, they're not breaking any rules, NCAA violations, things like that. Right. Okay. So that's the time where I guess Hawk and all them were actually living over there in Japan. Right. So Hawk is on the elevator. It's Hawk, Ming, and some other guy. Ming. Okay. Oh man. I saw the other guy. I just don't remember who he was. I, he, he. I didn't know him. Right. All right. So. Hawk has this girl. So they hit the elevator button. Those guys are on the elevator. So we got these three guys that are on our team and their team, okay? And David White, they get on the elevator. He makes a comment to Hawk. Hey, man, big fan of yours. Your lady is quite beautiful. Next thing you know, Hawk hits the stop button, (laughs) right? And and a brawl breaks out, right? So it's three of them, three on three, okay? Uh, The elevator pops open, right? Ed Stewart gets away, okay? Ed runs out in the hotel where everybody is. So we got, you probably got 150 football players out in this room. (laughs) Hey, man, his shirt's ripped up. He's beat up. These wrestlers, man, they jumped us, man. They're fighting right here. So there's a guy named John Perella. He paid for the San Diego Chargers, I think, 10 years. Uh, And um, he went to Nebraska with us. So everybody runs down. Everybody's running this way. The cops, everybody is running down this hallway. Well, when you, as you get into that hallway, you can see Hawk clubbing. I mean, the hardest blows, he's clubbing uh, D. White in the chest. Like, he's on his knee, and he's behind him, and he's clubbing him. Boom, boom. And it, hey, now, this is a true story, brother. Um, John Perella was about 6'4", six, 6'5", four, six, four, six, 290 pounds. Yeah. He was, you ever talk? Well, you can't talk to Hawk now, but um, right. rest of the he runs full speed. Now, he probably runs 40 yards full speed. Hawk turns around. He hits Hawk right in the nose. Blood uh. hits the walls. Hawk looks at him like, oh, yeah, come on. And, and like, Perella uh-huh. stopped. Everybody's like, oh, shit. And he was like, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. And I was like, holy shit. And then these little cops, I mean, these little, you know, Japanese cops, I mean, they're pulling guns and shit. And Hawk is like, Come on, shoot me. That ain't shit. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going nowhere near that. I was just like, and I was like, man, 
And then the Ming, I mean, he was like, oh, some other shit. They say Ming, and, and I haven't been around Ming uh, very much at all, but they say he is the toughest guy in the wrestling business ever. Like, he, I mean, there's stories of him, like, doing crazy shit. So, yeah, they probably didn't want to fuck with him. Yeah, he tried to pull out the um, um, David White, tried to pull his eyes out. He had yeah. marks, yeah, scratches all around his yeah. eyes. He was trying to pull his fucking eyes out, dude. I believe so, it. Believe it, dude. Yeah, that's my heart. I've story, learned, bro. I've learned so much from Wolfie D. Wrestlers always go for the eyeball, man. Like absolutely, like every situation I hear about Wolfie's like, yeah, we popped his eyeball out. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Like, I don't even think like that. I think I'm going to throw some punches. No, you're popping nah. an eyeball out. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. That's what that story of me and Jamie, the first fight we ever got into, and he jumped off that trailer park thing, and he, he tackled me, and I just reached up, and I fucking put my thumb in his eye, and I felt it go. Oh, bleep, man. And I, mean, oh, it was, man. I mean, I felt it. And then it immediately, his eye was black and swollen, and he got off me, and then I... <laughs> fucking started hitting him. So, yeah, go for the eye, man. Go for the eye. <laughs> hey, guys, if you remember Three Stooges, they would always poke each other in the eyes. Or whatever. Right, yeah. Or, yeah, or right. Rick Flair right. would do that. You know, Rick Flair would just do that eye poke. Yeah. And to be honest yeah. with you, I tried that in a fight. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's two ways to fight. You can fight to kick somebody's ass, or you can fight to get yourself out of a situation. Yeah, right. Or fight right. quickly. <laughs> right. So if you uh, if an eye poke, because if you poke someone in their eyes, both of their hands are going to go to their eyes. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Right. There's your chance to either walk away or waylay his ass. One or the other. Right. Right. Yeah. Just saying, if any kid if any kids are listening, don't do it, kids. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more live and in color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Talk to me, Jason, about your career at Nebraska. I, yeah, I was, I was recruited as a safety. And uh, we were having a practice one day, and, like, no one could move the ball, right? No one. So Coach Osborne is looking around. Like, hey, didn't you play running back? Look at the different guys. Get in there and get a carry. And everybody they put in there was getting smashed, right? So then I'm just standing there, and he says, hey, Fisher, you get in there. And luckily, we, uh, he put in like a 275-pound pullback and Charles Randolph from Louisiana in front of me, and I got, I got through there, right? All right, run again, run again. So that day, they said, hey, we're moving you to running back, okay? So when I was playing running back, unfortunately, we had an All-American – and uh, all Big 8 at the time was Big 8 before it was the Big 12. And then Nebraska obviously went to uh, the Big 10. Um, so, and, okay, so I was like fourth on a depth chart. But I'm playing behind studs, right? They've been there for a while. I'm going to get my chance. Well, one of them leaves, and then Lawrence Phillips 
comes in. I don't know if you guys remember Lawrence Phillips. Yeah. He was leading candidate for a Heisman Trophy, but he got in trouble that year, and Eddie George ended up winning it. Right. Um, so, so we go into spring. I'm like, hey, man, this dude just got here on campus. Well, make a long story short, this dude had like 300 yards, man. Like, no one could stop him. And after that day, I said, you know what? I've had some knee problems. I had really bad knees. I slept in braces, so my knees wouldn't bend. So I had really bad knees. And uh, that day, I said, you know that what? High school? This dude, uh, no, I got, I, my knees were good in high school. It was really when I got in college, man. And, and I, did a lot, I used to do a lot of dunks and stuff on concrete. So uh, somehow or another, my knees got bad all of a sudden. Or, I mean, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So I ended up moving, saying, well, hey, you know, the uh, defensive coordinator at the time has been there 30 years. So, hey, son, if you move to defense, I'll play you. So I was like, well, just let me move. So basically, my knees were so bad that I only looked, I only looked good on Saturday game day and maybe on Wednesday. Yeah. But by Thursday, I could barely walk half the time. Getting around campus, I would go to one building, take an elevator up. We had a lot of buildings to connect. And then I'd walk down, you know, take the elevator to one building. And then I could walk downstairs, get to the, two, the building that's two buildings over. How's your body today, man? Uh, today, I've, I have gout now. Um, I'm just recovering from gout, and I just got my elbow drained yesterday. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I've been, you know, my knees are bad, but I'm still, I'm in pretty good shape, I, I guess. I mean, I'm still, I would say this much, I'm strong, but my body is beat up. Yeah. Well, so here's the reason he's asking you is because Wolfie's making a comeback and he's looking for a new tag team partner. Hey. <laughs> so well, we're thinking well, about maybe the new Road Warriors maybe or something. Hey, man, I tell you what, you give me a couple of shots of Toro. <laughs> I, I know I could be like, a, I could do better than Goldberg did against the Undertaker yeah. that crowned okay. you. I could do better than that. Yeah, you could. <laughs> I agree. I, I, Not I, knocking I Goldberg, so. but. <laughs> It was terrible. No, you know, speaking of, speaking of, you know, that was a great question that you kind of brought me into there. You know, what are your thoughts on, to me, you know, of course, basketball, baseball, it's more, it's a different mm. sport, but football is such a natural sport for the guy. If you didn't make it to the pros to maybe head on to pro wrestling, sure. who do you like that reformer? You know, because Roman Reigns played at Georgia Tech. You had Brock mm -hmm. uh, Lesnar, who never played football except at, for the Vikings for a little bit. Uh, of course, right. Goldberg. Who are some of your favorite former football players that made it as pro wrestlers? Good question. Um, I would say uh, Wahoo McDaniel is one of them. Oh, um, he's, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Vader. Vader was uh, All-American at Colorado and a first-round right, draft pick. Right. Uh, yeah. Of course, Roman Reigns. I tell you what, that Lawrence Taylor-Bam Bam Bigelow match – you know, if Lawrence Taylor wasn't who Lawrence Taylor was, I would have liked to have seen him sort of yeah. keep pursuing it. Then Doug Furness really right. tore it up. I mean, he didn't get the yeah. notoriety he should have got, you know, but as far as an athlete and uh, being powerful, he obviously was better in Japan uh, where they appreciate that yeah. style a little more. Listen, listen uh, to Jason with the wrestling knowledge. I love wrestling, man. I could. There's not too it. many things I can't tell you about wrestling. I love it, That's man. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. You I got to come I back tell on you more, the, man. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to, man. Um, I lived a, a life in some ways that he wished he would have had, and he lived a life a lot of ways I wish I would have had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally. So, so it's totally. like a, so it's a perfect appreciation for each other. But it's funny because I remember when Wolfie had his little following 
in school, and you know, I'm the senior, so I'm coming down the hallway, and people say, "What's up, fish? What's up?" You know, you're like, "What's up? What's up?" And then one of his stooges would stand there and open his shirt up. I'd look over, and Wolfie would chop him, pop. <laughs> you know, and, be like, and I'm like, "Okay, okay," and, I, and that was like them saying, "What's up?" I'm like, "Okay." Um, so obviously, man, if I haven't told him, I'm proud of you, bro. Like I said, when you were in PG-13. I didn't live here, so I didn't see the Jerry Lawler. I don't know which rest is it USWA um, or Continental, whatever it was. I never saw. Yeah, uh, when you and Jamie were doing you guys' thing, I never saw it. Uh, when I saw first saw you, I remember uh, watching WWE The Nation Domination. You came out, you guys are rapping and stuff. I was like, yeah. oh my god, he, this this dude made it, man. Of course, then after that, I started going through your films and stuff, and then we had a character change and start yeah. wearing. Um, you were Slash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was yeah doing it with Brian hey, Lee and things like think that. Think about that, man. This is, uh, we had Coco on here uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Think about that though. Like, okay, so that was nineteen ninety six, ninety seven. Me and Jamie are coming out with uh, Ron Simmons. They called him Farouk, in mm-hmm. a whole nation of domination thing. And you got two white guys that are rapping, and then we <laughs> go out there and we throw the black power sign. Would people lose their minds today if that were to happen? Could we get away with that today? Uh, no, I don't think you could, <laughs> um, based off the last uh, president. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's not and it's not something that he created. I mean, of course, racism was not created by right. one individual but, person. I mean, back then, like, it, it, nobody thought nothing about it. But when I go back and I think on it, I'm like, there's no way we could do that today. We go out there with Farouk, uh, you know, he's got the African colors on his the head thing. His name's <laughs> Farouk. Uh, there's all black guys around us and we're rapping. And then we go out there and we throw a black power sign. There's no way you could get away with that today. No way. No. Dude, Ron Simmons was another one that was a great football player. Yeah. Right. He's number he's number one. First black WCW prob- champion. Hell yeah. All, yeah. American, all American in college. And he was an ass kicker too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and, so, and a great dude. guy, man. Dude, if you if you ever uh met Ron, man, you'd love him. He's a, he's the greatest guy in the world. And I We've talked about this on the show before, Jason. I, we were at a bar one time, and Ron had his arm in a sling, and some little college guy kept messing with us. And Ron grabbed this dude by the throat and took him from the left to the right to the left to the right, and then, whoo, like tossed him over some tables backwards. I mean, I've never seen anything in the world like this. I mean, that was just super strength. You've been in fights. You grab somebody mm-hmm. by the throat and they can't do nothing about it. I mean, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life, man. Ron is like the coolest guy in the world. There, there's a reason why they made him the first black WCW champion. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was awesome. Especially when him and Butch Reed were together. I mean, I just. Oh, dude. I get why they took their masks off, but I almost wish they never did. They were so badass with those masks and like. Just two massive dudes coming out there. Why did they take the mask off? Why did they do that? I don't know. I, they lost a match that was like they lost their masks. But the thing was, is honestly, WCW was pretty questionable, like as far as booking and leadership wise at that time. So right. it was probably just something stupid because I, yeah. I, I mean, I thought they were cool either way, personally. Those are the glory <laughs> days, man. Wrestling today is not what it was. I can tell you, I don't watch 
I don't watch WWE at all. I watch, on YouTube, I'll see the highlights. Right. You That's know, what on I a weekly do. basis. Me and Jimmy but, talk about it all the time. And you know what? That's mm-hmm. probably going to lead into what Jimmy's fixing to start asking you. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm ready. Yeah. Shoot, shoot. Yeah. All right. I love it. You're leading me into it. I tell you what, Jason, we may not have a, a secondary podcast with you and I here. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody, thank you all for listening so much to Jason Wolfie's old buddy, a new friend of the podcast. And that leads us into current affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs. What we like to do here, Jason, is we like to take Wolfie out of his old school scenario. I mean, I could ask him about the yardage that Derrick Henry should have had this year, and he will know, like, okay, well, the percentages break down like this, and he knows that, mm-hmm. you know, the slot receiver missed the play here. But when I ask him about current wrestling, he's like, um, mm, no. <laughs> he, he, he just doesn't really. He doesn't care about it, and I get it, you know. But sure. what I like to do is take him out of his element, and I ask him current questions and see what he would relay his old-school mentality to. So my first one okay. for you is easy. Who of the new guys do you really like? This one's an easy. Uh, I would say uh, Dante Martin. Oh, yeah. AEW. Awesome. I would say yeah. right now, uh, I don't know if he's going to blow his knee out. He's doing a lot of high-risk stuff, but... Um, he's doing some really good stuff right now. Yeah, you're um, going deep. I like this. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> as far as WWE, I mean, Randy Orton's a stud, man. Uh, Randy Orton yeah. is just, he continues to reinvent himself, and he doesn't need a title to prove who he is. So he I would say him. You're right. No. See, Jason, Jason okay. gets it. Jason gets it. Yes, sir. You can clearly tell, Jason. I'm serious. I'm impressed, man, because you're pulling out Dante Martin, and I'm like, okay, he's probably going to say, you know, let's just say he's going to really like Ricky Starks, or he's really going to like this guy. But no, man, you pulled out a deep cut, man. I like that one. So, okay, so cool. Okay. Dante Martin, Randy Orton. You know, Wolfie mm-hmm. used to beat Randy up on the regular up in Louisville. <laughs> yeah, I know. Him and the Rock. <laughs> yeah. CM yeah. Punk, well, he's CM a- Punk too. Yeah. Oh, he put yeah. up knots on CM Punk's head. Yeah, we got to get you a copy of one of Wolfie's cards where he's doing that as Slash. So, all right, my second question is this, since you're actually knowledgeable of the sport, and I, I didn't mean to mm. undersell you, but you clearly know what's up. So recently, yes. Jeff Hardy was released because mm-hmm. he refused to take a drug test, okay? So mm-hmm. turns out that, Several fans came forward and said they saw Jeff take an ugly bump that could have probably caused him a concussion, okay? So Mm -hmm. that is possibly one of the reasons leading to his erratic behavior and why he left during that match. So they asked him for a drug test. He said, I'll do it. He took a drug test. It took them six weeks to get back the results on the drug test. The drug Mm -hmm. test came back negative. Johnny Ace calls and says, hey, we're sorry, we messed up, we will give you two things. We will put you in the Hall of Fame at this year's WrestleMania, you and Matt in the Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. and we will sign you back to a long-term contract. 
to try mm-hmm. to make up for it. Well, Jeff Hardy says, screw you, I'm not doing that. So with that being said, a concussion, walk us through that. I know Wolfing's had a million. You know, where do you stand on the current CTE standing? Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll shut I'll, up. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. I would say I've had three concussions. And what people don't realize is a concussion is basically your brain is being like a bobblehead, right? It's being knocked around mm-hmm. inside. Okay, so when that happens is I've had memory loss to where I just didn't know where I was and what I was doing at that time. And then one time I thought I was 25 when I was 18. You know what I'm saying? It's like I can't. Yeah. Explain. It's like I was talking, talking more maturely and acting like a different person, like a like an out of body experience. I think with CTE, obviously it's real. Uh, with different uh, yeah. athletes whose brains have been like 75 years old when they're 40 years old. Right. But the same time is, though, that's why, you know, you know the risk. You know the risk of what you're getting into, and the reward is high yeah. financially. And, you know, so do you – how many guys would say, hey, I would forego the $5 million that I made uh, to be, uh, you know, working at UPS and thinking rationally, <laughs> or would I like to have some memory loss here and there for the next 20 years, but I've made $5 million and be able to, you know, pay for my kids, kids, kids college. Right. You made shit. You know, you, you, you went out there and you did what you wanted to do. You wanted to do. That's right. Yeah. You, you, right. you made your mark. And yeah, we all knew football, wrestling, whatever. You knew what the chances were. I did. And yeah. I know you did. And that's what you, that's what you wanted to do. I mean, I, I wouldn't take nothing for it, man. I mean, it's, you know, today, like Jimmy was saying earlier, my knee, my other knee, my hip, my back, my, you know, everything. Um, but I wouldn't take nothing because you know what, when I was a little kid and we were talking earlier, I mean, you press slamming mm-hmm. each other, mm-hmm. uh, at your apartment we both wanted, you know, you were playing football, but I wanted to go wrestle. And, you know, we both did what we wanted to do. And we both knew the risk of it. I mean, it's just no, it's no bullshit on that. We we knew what the risks were. I did. And I know you did, you know, yeah. and, there's, and whatever. there's a price to pay. There's a absolutely. Price to pay. Absolutely. And if you, if you want to succeed in something that is, it's like the movie Gladiator, man. It's, it's mm. throughout time, the humans have liked to watch guys, basically guys, go out there and do stuff like that. And shit, that's what I wanted to do, man. I wanted to be a gladiator, and I know you did too, you know? Absolutely. You know, and especially the situation with Jeff Hardy. Okay, yeah, so six weeks is too long. It could have been tainted, you know. They'll tell them what they could have done. They could have lost it, whatever. But here's the deal with him, and no offense to him. His track record says, hey, this is what he's done. So he's had issues. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. So he's had issues because those issues have made, unfortunately, have made him what he is. You know, a lot of times these people do, do drugs not just for trying to, you know, mask the pain or uh, forget their childhoods or whatever. But a lot of people do these kind of drugs for creativity. This guy is very creative. He's a, oh, he's yeah. a singer. He's an artist. So I think a Dude, lot of times he, he built a, I could tell you a story of him. You know, uh, you know, Shannon Moore, right? I do. Yeah. Shannon tell me the story where Jeff got all jacked up or whatever. And he built this like horse thing out of scrap metal and all this kind of stuff. And it even had like a dick on it. 
And he called Shannon over. He's like, hey, come look at this. He made it pee and stuff. I mean, it was just what? Like, he's like, essentially, fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the story. Get the story from Shannon, uh, Jimmy. We'll get him on here. Yeah, we'll get him to tell that. Story. Yeah, we will. Yeah. That was some good shit. He was on some good shit. Shannon yeah. was telling me he was. He said, "Man, he, he called me over. Man, he had built this giant. I mean, he had ladders and everything. He built this giant like horse thing out of uh, scrap metal, but then he also made it where it could piss. I mean, who comes up with that, man? Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, that's some good shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's a great answer, too, by the way. I appreciate that insight you gave us there. So we've got Dante Martin. We've got a good Jeff Hardy reply. My third question, mm-hmm. and this is rounding the news today. From the Royal Rumble the other night, I won, by the way. We did a little contest where we picked the winners week that I won. Wolfie nice. is not going to like that. Really- but anyway, <laughs> I picked Bobby Lashley to beat Brock Lesnar. Now, obviously, Bobby Lashley won by... Roman Reigns interfering, which I thought was lame because I would love to see a real fight with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Mm. You know, maybe like He-Man and Muhammad Ali or something. That's kind of like watching them fight. It would be really ugly because that's going to be... Did I not call the girls one? Did I not call Ron? You did. You finished second, Wolfie. You just don't watch Okay, so I I did win that one. Yes, you did. (laughs) So... So with that being said, so Brock Lesnar is going on to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. They are talking Mm -hmm. about now putting Bobby Lashley. They are saying that there's a rumor that they could even put him against Shane McMahon, which is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, exactly. That's the rumor right now. It may come out later that I'm wrong. But anyway, who would you put against Bobby Lashley? If you could take any wrestler working right now, and you could open that forbidden door. Who would you put Bobby Lashley against at WrestleMania? Wow, that's that's a great question. Um, let's see. Styles makes fights, right? So yeah, yeah. Oh man, I think. <laughs> hmm, wow, that's a good question. It probably wouldn't be anybody in the WWE because he's wrestled all of them. So right. I would say, you know, I like Adam Cole, man. Um, okay. The, the reason why I say that because he's not the biggest guy, but I think he's very resilient. He's got a great move set. Um, yeah. And then he has a faction, so they could probably yeah. get involved to where, you know, he would do everything he could to win. Bobby Lashley would do like a Goldberg thing where the guys are coming in and he's slamming this guy, doing this guy. And Let then, me ask you. Know, yeah. That yeah. just made me kind of spike on something. You said moveset. Does that really matter to you, or do you appreciate kind of the like the old school type shit where, you know, a guy might not have that many moves, but he's got that charisma, and he's got that shit where he talks on the mic that just makes you feel good, and he does a few moves? Okay, well, you're talking about the nature boy, Ric Flair. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just one Ric Flair match. The first one in the five hundredth. Yeah, the they're all the same. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, my yeah. I get. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm I think the greatest. Like Hogan. I'm talking about uh, Dusty. I'm talking about guys like that that they can talk that talk and make you want to see them. But they got these few little things they do. Boom, 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 
And it's like, oh, that's good. That's good. And they don't have, they're not doing, you know, her Karanas off the top or, you know, all this other bullshit that everybody does that these guys are today are, are, are risking their lives to do triple fucking flips off the top to the floor and stuff like that. You got these old school guys that can talk. And that, to me, that's the main thing. If you can talk, that's going to put asses in the seats. And then if you can go out there and just do a few little things, it just makes everybody happy. The Lawlers, the, you know, Ric Flair, um, Dusty, guys like that, they, they don't have to do a lot. The Rock don't have to do a lot. Stone Cold didn't have to do a lot. It's, it's a couple of moves, but it's what they do as a character that makes them get over. And I'm telling you, in my opinion, the guys that get over the most are the guys that do the least. That seems to be true because obviously you're the, you're the expert on that. or whatever, a five-star match. Yeah, okay, great. But what's your longevity? How long are you going to be in this business and and how much money can you draw? I don't believe there's like Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then as far as the rest of them go, nah, man, you got to be able to talk and then develop a few moves and, and, and shit like that. And that's the best guys in the business. You don't have to do a lot. You just have to, you have to have that persona. I would agree with you considering the fact that you did it. So I can't not what you, your knowledge of it because that is actually what has happened. However, it's sort of like um, I was sort of comparing that to where, I mean, I love wrestling to the point where I wasn't into Hulk Hogan. I was into Bret Hart. I wasn't into uh, The Rock. I was into Shawn Michaels. I personally like, I think the Dynamite Kid, in my opinion, yeah. is the greatest yeah. wrestler of all I got, time. I got you. But yeah. his style, fast-paced style, which they do today, results he, he got put in a wheelchair at a very early age. Yeah. Then, right. His, then a Chris Benoit tries to copy his same style, and right. you you see where that led to. Seeing this new guy, uh, Dan Housen. Have you seen him? Yes. <laughs> What's your opinion? What's your opinion? I mean, he's not my my type of wrestler. I'm a, like I said, I'm a I like the wrestler who can go in there and give me a great match. As far as right, right. it's not going to always be the same. You know, the good thing about Shawn Michaels. You could put him in there with somebody big, somebody athletic, somebody. Yeah, that can Sean do. was great, man. Sean was yeah. great. Yeah, the Lucha Libre style. He can go in there with a Vader. He can yeah. go in there and sell and still get his shit off, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's what I like. It's sort of like hip hop. You know, we had the public right. enemies. You know, we're older. We had the great hip hop, you know. So now yeah. the stuff today, even though these guys are making money and, and are popular, it's I don't understand it. It's not, right. it, don't relate right. to, it don't relate to me. Right, right, right. So the the new stuff, I don't think you need to do like Dante Martin. And I don't know if he's going to last. You know, the Rey Mysterio. Yeah, Rey Mysterio is still going strong. Look right. at all the Lucha Libre guys that was during his time that Dan there probably can't even walk. You know, the Undertaker, the stuff he was doing. Yeah. So I really think it's just a matter of what you like. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's what That's you true. watch it for. That's the Rock true. was very entertaining, but yeah. I, I wasn't it, a Rock fan. It did well. That's the thing that worked there. I mean, he yeah. he. And Undertaker's a great worker, but he just had a good gimmick and he did it right and it fit him and all that kind of stuff. But the greatest gimmick of all time, man. Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah, this, I agree. This could be a two part thing here with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, hey, we can always have another time with him. Sure. You're always welcome back with us, man. I need to hear this. I need to hear this from my uh stud running back at my high school. What's your thoughts on Derrick Henry? He's hey, he's a stud, brother. He is, ain't he? Yeah, yeah he is. Is no, I've seen him out. I've seen him in a workout. Yeah, 
the guy, here's the thing. Did you know after 10 yards, he's the fastest guy on the team? Yeah, yeah. Think right. about it. You've right. never seen a guy that big, that strong, Yeah. that in the fourth quarter, it looked like he's just getting started. Yeah, right. Yeah. They shouldn't have brought him back, though. They shouldn't have brought him back because the backup running back was doing very well. You know, it's sort of like a lot of these teams where, you know, a guy gets hurt and you make it all the way, you get home field advantage. You don't rock the boat. I'm sorry, Derek. You're great, but yeah. this is what we've yeah. been winning with. You just you ruin the team's chemistry because you know he hit the holes a little different than other guy. Vrabel uh, yeah. Vrabel did a great job, I think. I mean, obviously they gave him the coach of the year, or whatever. I mean, what a great coach! Uh, great coach. I'm just not sure that Tannehill. He's the guy that'll get us close. I'm just not sure he's the guy that'll get us all the way, man. I don't know. But, but he, I, mean, I know everybody's saying that right now. I mean, I'm a Steeler fan, so but I live in Nashville, so obviously I have to, and I'm a football fan, so I'm a follow the team. But it's the quarterback, you know, you get the glory when they win. But yeah. When they lose, yeah. it's your fault. Because here's the thing. Yeah, he threw three interceptions that game, right? But also, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. How many? Yeah. How many quarterbacks get sacked nine times? How do you wins? lose a game when when you sack the guy nine times? I don't even understand that. And and well, then quarterback throws three picks. You look, you know, you know, back three picks. Seasons. Yeah. Tides have knocked out of the playoffs with Tannehill throwing interceptions. They he got knocked yeah. out against the Ravens last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year right. against uh, you know the Bengals. I mean, it's just like. Man, dude, come on. In, in the big well, game, we need you to fucking step up, bro. Well, your interceptions, are the, you know, that's part of the game. It's just right. when you turn the ball over, two of the turnovers led to points. Right. So if your yeah. turnovers don't lead to points, then you're okay. But when the turnovers lead to points, then that's when they're costly, you know. Right. But yeah, we, we're all, we can all sit there and, and say, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But that's why yeah. we play the game, man. I'm a fan, man. Believe me, I'm a, I'm a huge Titans fan, and and I like Tannehill. I just I try to look at it and because it broke my heart. I was <laughs> just like, no way. <laughs> well, I mean, his pedigree is losing. He started in Miami, dude. So he started yeah. losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. some people find right. find a way to lose, no matter if they're in a winning situation. They yeah. still find a way to, to mess it up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, no, man, it's always I next year, right? Jason, man, I love you as a friend. Uh, back in the day, my wrestling yes, friend, sir. and uh, you are my running back friend. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I love to hear you say stuff like that. Just, I, I would love to talk football with you one day if we could do a whole show on that. That'd be awesome. But uh, sure. everything you said today, and just talking about wrestling, and just talking about our friendship in the past. I mean, it's meant a lot to me. And I, I really appreciate you coming on here, man. I really do. So I am your friend. One thing you said that you put, you know, your football friend, your wrestling friend, you always put friend in each one of those. I am your friend. Absolutely. That's man. I, thank you, Jason, for coming on here. It's been great. Yes, sir. What thank a you. great conversation. Just great talking to you. Great hearing from you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I know Jimmy appreciates it, too. Man, anytime. And don't be surprised if I can't get you on for a whole show if we don't call you up for some current affairs sometimes, man. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know oh, I might have you call Wolfie and do some sometime. Who knows, man? <laughs> anytime. Right. Man. But it was, I can do the help. Yeah, All right. thank you so much. Well, All right. Thank you to the fans out, out there. Uh, once again, uh, Live It In Color, Wolfie D. 
Don't forget, I got pint size all stars PG 13 figures. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees and get your t shirts. You go to the Live and in Color at Wolfie D site on Pro Wrestling Tees. You can get whatever you need. And uh, again, once again, Jason Fisher, freaking awesome. John Overton High School Bobcat and uh, Nebraska Husker. Jason Fisher. Thank you, man. My man. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes, and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't.
And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color, from Russia, mother. Utilize a hubcap, unlike any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You second step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When my finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.